Welcome back to DevCast. Today I have a former colleague from Denmark on the line, Martin Esman, and he is now a couch-based technical advocate, or what do you say, Martin? Uh, .NET um, advocate for couch oh, advocate, yeah. Yes. Yeah, and uh, I met uh, Martin, uh, I think it was a month ago, when he was talking at the new SQL meeting about Couchbase and Azure, and that was, of course, really interesting for me to see how this uh, new SQL database could be run on Azure. And I asked him then if we can talk a bit about how do you model your data with the new SQL, with documents and JSON, the relationships and so on. So he was really happy to to do a podcast with me, and that's what we do today. But but first, Martin, I really need to ask you: it's so many new SQL databases out there. You, you we have our own document DB, we have MongoDB, uh, we have of course Couchbase, and uh, yeah. How many are they, do you think? Um, there are a lot. Um, yeah. and, and many of them are actually open source. Um, so they derivate from one another and get inspired from one another. So it's it's in the main player area, I think we are, I think, eight or ten most popular. Uh, but Because it, it, it must be many of the new SQL databases that are not enterprise ready or are everyone enterprise ready. What I, <laughs> do you know what I mean by that? Ready. Um, I would say if, if enterprise ready means that it should be able to scale and it should have a strategy for scaling, um, then some of the databases that we see or the upcoming databases are not enterprise ready uh, in the same extent as Couchbase is. And that's a really important feature or because you, you, you really rely on the database system. Yes, it's it's very vital for for the business to be up and running and to actually be able to if if you have a sales company to be able to sell sell something. Yes. So so what's the difference between Couchbase and the other NoSQL database? Um, it it's vertically scalable. So it's if you come from a relational database world, um, you have a single node. So you have a single point of contact for your data, which is the database. And you can scale that to a certain limit. Um, you can add more RAM, you can add more CPU power, but it's actually a single box, a single note you're updating or upgrading. It's the it's a, a same as scale up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you scale up. Um, with NoSQL, it's in general more easy to do the vertical scale saying that I'm going to add a new node. Uh, the reason is that the way we save data is a bit different. So we save chunks of data instead of relations. So in a relational database, you save relations. Um, so you need to be on the same system, or at least uh, in, the, in the majority of systems, you need to be on the same node for that to, to happen for transactions and so on. So for um, a, a difference is that a couch-based server, it's a single node uh, it's the same note that you install on each and every virtual machine you have or uh, machine, and they can communicate in a cluster. So you don't have any speci special notes or specific setup for one single note and so on. It's all the notes are the same. So it's very the same, easy it's, setup. It's, it's even the same date on every node. It, it depends. So if you have a, a cluster and you have, let's say, a, a five-node cluster and you replicate, it to, replicate all data to three notes, then... Uh, the data would be available on three different nodes. 
So not not on all nodes, but most of them in this case. And of course, it's very simple to do that while while the system is up and running. Yes. So when you have this uh, shared data uh, or sharded data around the nodes, you can easily take out take down one node, upgrade it, and do a cycle in that way. So you can upgrade the cluster while it's running. Um, yeah, without taking anything down. That's a bit more tedious or difficult with a relational database if you have a single node system. Could, could, could you just do some comparison with MongoDB? Because I think that's the most common NoSQL database, document database. Uh, yes, yeah. so, so MongoDB has, a, um, has different nodes uh, for different tasks. So in, in that sense, it's a bit more, um, it requires a bit more to set up. So you need to scale um, Mongo a bit differently. So it's just not adding the same node or a, a note, one more node to the cluster. It's a, it's a bit more involved. So you need to figure out what kind of node you need to upgrade. Okay. How is it with the, with the clients, with the language to query and to do data manipulations in the couch base? Is it... Uh... Uh, it's not nothing like SQL or something like that. <laughs> um, traditionally, uh, it was not. So you would do, you would create your own map and reduce functions. So you would actually encode, create your own indexes. So you would create indexes to compensate for uh, or help you search data, make it more easy to search data. In the next version of Couchbase Server in the .4.0, um, it will be. Uh, it, it will be an option to actually do, do uh, SQL for documents queries, which is a query language much alike SQL and very much inspired by SQL, but it supports searching down to documents in JSON. Is, is, uh, do you agree with this? Is, is it rather easy to, to get the server, new SQL server, to, to up and running? It's just all, all, almost just to, to start an EXE. But sometimes it's, it's rather more complicated to, to do the client-side stuff, to, to query the data and to, to do the data manipulation. That, that's from my point of view as a relation database programmer. Yeah, so, so just to understand this, so you say that it's easy to set up a relational database? Or? No, no, uh, set up a new SQL database. For example, oh, yeah. MongoDB is just to, to, to run the EXE. Sorry, I thought you said it was easy to install relational database. <laughs> no, 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 no. Normally not my experience, but no. okay. Yes, it's very easy to install a NoSQL database. It's um, it's not that uh, it's not there the challenge lies. It's actually to model your data in such a way that it's fitted to the system and easy to search or prepared for search. And that was a really good. Um... So we can start about talking about the uh, new SQL data models, sir, because that's uh, a bit challenging for me. As uh, I, I know everything is relationships for me because I'm an old guy. I learned SQL in the school in the 80s and so on. So it, it has always been, almost always been, uh, some kind of relation model. And now we are talk, start talking about documents and hierarchies inside and fields and so on. And that could be a bit scary. Of course, it's very simple when you have just a person object or something like that, or a person document or something like that. But when you should do some real stuff, how should you do that? M Martin, how, how should we... Have uh, start talking about this in a, in a good way so your eye understand. 
Yes. Okay. It's a very good question and, and, and probably not that easy to answer, but we could start with a bit of history <coughs> and then move on to, to get a, a common understanding of why we have NoSQL databases. So with relational data, you, um, you split up data in rows and columns. And when you need to retrieve data, you need to aggregate them or combine them again to something. So in that way, it's, you need some kind of, of modeling to get the data into the system. And in the system, the data is not represented the same way as it is stored in the relational database. So this notion of actually splitting out data requires uh, transactions. So if you want to store something, um, which is a user with, uh, with extended properties to it and so on, you would probably use um, some kind of transaction to ensure the integrity of the data you store. So it's in, in NoSQL databases or in document stores, um, we have all that data in the same document. So we don't have any extended properties or at least in the, in the, in the best case scenario, we can store everything in, in a single document. So we don't need the transactions. And in that way, we can also share around uh, all the documents to different nodes. So we don't have any relations to anything else. That's in the best case. Um, so when but, we but when you have, uh, uh, it seems very easy, but uh, if you think about it, the possibility the effect with relation databases, you can, you, you can do searches from, from the extended properties. Who has these extended properties on the user object? Exactly. So, so with the freedom that you had with relational databases was that you could actually combine the data in, in what way you see fit. So you could, um, you could model that data when you retrieved it and use it in your code in a way that was flexible in, in, in that sense. So you, but you would always need some kind of transformation. So this impedance mismatch that how you store data and how you use it or display it. Um, so when you have um, a NoSQL database or a document store, we try and st save all relevant data in a single document, or at least we can start with that assumption. So we would store, uh, let's just pretend this, we have a user with, um, with a profile, uh, image, and uh, also some products, uh, and some order lines and so on. If we store all that in one single document, that's possible. Then we just serialize that whatever object we had that had all this information to a single document and we could fetch that from different locations. And that would be really, really easy and really fast. So that would be really easy and really fast. Mm. Uh, agreed. Uh, then we come into some limitations. So let's say that um, one limitation for Couchbase Server, for instance, is that you can only have 20 meg documents. That's the, the upper limit size of a document. So now we have a, a, a limitation that potentially could hit the business. So you can only, with a user profile, order items and have orders and a history of the size of 20 megs. That's not good. Or it, it, it could be bad. So we could split out something. So we could say order lines should be uh, saved, stored in a separate document. And when we do that, we have this split. So now we have relations again. And how do we do relations then in a good way? 
in a good way. Um, is it IDs or something like that that you yes. manage yourself? Yes, you in in Couchbase server you don't get that much help for IDs. It's you can you create them yourself. So you can have um, a grid. So you could say for every order, I would just create some kind of random unique identifier and use that to point to the document which contains the order line for this specific order. That's one option. Um, that's a bit tedious because if, if you, let's say that I wanted all orders um, that had a specific product in them. So every time somebody buys a Surface Pro 3, I want to sum up something. Then I would need to look through all orders and find out um, if anyone had a property in it with Surface Pro 3 in it. And again, move on to all the documents in that way. Um, so in, in that way, when we split up data, we, we don't get the same freedom as we had in a relational database system, if that makes sense. But if you have good indexing and uh, searching in the system, can't you do that anyway? Yes, we could uh, have a map reduce function, a mapping function that would say that every time we have a change in the document, uh, we could look for Surface Pro 3 and say, okay, this is a product sales or product line item, and we could add that to some kind of sum up function. But that's when we know what we're searching for. So we need to, so the freedom that we have from this schema less uh, approach. So we can store whatever we like for this specific document or inside that document. That freedom comes with the price that we need to uh, use more processing uh, when we actually need to retrieve data from it. So we don't have all these rules that we had with a relational database. In a relational database, we knew that uh, we can search out all the documents or all the order lines with this ID and then get all the Surface Pro IDs. And then sum up that. So should we? Should you? When you think about that, should you, should you do uh, think more about to have documents that are optimized for reads or optimized for writes? Yeah. So if of if, course that depends. Yeah. If 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 we have the same sample again, so if you only read data and you you seldomly change it it would be beneficial to just read one big chunk of data and use that. But if we have lots of changes to something, um, then, we, then we could get into a situation where multiple uh, processes or users are trying to update the same document. So in that case, it would be beneficial to uh, split up the document in such a way that you would minimize the number of conflicting writes. So if we have now two different document structures, one for customers and one from orders, and we want to update both the customer and the orders, we are going into the transaction space here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Does this depend on the data model or how is it? In general, um, most key value stores as Couchbase is or document stores don't have transactions, um, meaning that you would need to, to update each document separately. 
So if you had something that needed to be updated both on the user and on the order line for something to be valid, then you would have a challenge. You, you could create some, um, some mechanism, but it would all be in your own code. So it would not be anything supported by the database or yeah, the storage system. Do you have any good solutions for that? Is it so simple that I first update the, the user uh, document and see if that goes well? I do the next update, and if, if that doesn't go well, I do some kind of rollback in my code. Is that a good solution for this problem? Um, in, in some cases, it's uh, perfectly fine to create a new revision of a document. So every time we read out a document and we write something to the document, we actually do an override. So we take and overwrite whatever was existing in that document before. So instead of doing that, we could read the document and now we could introduce something to the key parent saying, this is uh, a new revision. So we take this document out and we update it with a new revision number and we do our updates, and then we do the same thing for all the order lines that needs to be changed. Also give them a new revision number. And if everything in that there succeeds, we have a successful update. Of course, all clients would need to know something about this, this revision number. And to some extent, we, get, we can get some help on that. So we can, uh, there's something called a CAS value, compare and set. So you, could, you can see if somebody else has updated a document or not. So comparing the document with the one that you come with. Okay, so this, is a, this could be a, a serious problem then, if you have a document database, this mm. kind of uh, updates and so on. How yes. do you, do you have any good solutions for that or... Well, the, the fact is that when you, we don't normalize data that much with NoSQL data stores. So in fact, in, or in reality, the problem is, is, is quite minor. It's, it's not that often as we see it in relational data stores. So in relational data stores, we have a, a we're getting used to actually um, normalizing the data so much that um, we need lots of joins to actually update something in, in, the NoSQL world, we try and have all relevant information or all aggregates. So you have your transaction boundary in the single document, if possible. And in most cases, it is possible. So in, in this case, could it be that you, uh, that you store the product lines or order lines in two places? So for, you have the order lines for the, the customer in the customer document, and you also do a save in some, uh, some other document that are relevant for your business. Yes, that's very possible. So you have multiple saves. So you save all, um, uh, all, all references to this order line in various documents for later search and also for validation. Yes, that's also one way of doing it. Great, Martin. Uh, how about um, inside the document we have uh, fields? Is it any difference between fields in a relation database model and in a document model that I should know about? Yes. M most or um, the theme for NoSQL data stores is that 
they are schema-less. So they don't enforce the same schema as you would have enforced from a relational database system, meaning that you could store, you can store whatever you like in a document. Um, also making it a bit difficult or you should prepare or make it easy for yourself to find out what kind of document you, you get. So when you download or take a key and say, give me the, the, the document that belongs to this key. When you have this document in your, uh, uh, in your hand, let's say that, you should make it easy for yourself to actually find out what kind of document we have. So the normal notion is that you would say, you would add a property or a field saying doc type or class or something that would reveal what kind of fields you could expect from this document, what and, kind of content. Uh, and including also a version number, maybe. You could also in include a version number uh, if that's um, your approach. Yes, you could do that. <coughs> so when you have this, uh, this field, you still need to, as you said, with the version number. So let's say that you picked up a document and the doc type um, claims that this is a user document. So you could deserialize it to the user model you have. It's a one-to-one -one comparison or deserialization. Um, then you would still need to be very cautious about changes, as you said, or some kind of revision version number. So when you download something or you get something into the system, you should be very cautious that when you read a field to check if that field actually exists and has the data type that you expect. And you can... My recommendation is that you would do that in the beginning of the system, so in the first version, because that would help you later on if you need to change something to the user profile, if you needed to add a, an image, profile image, or uh, first you stored email uh, as contact information, but now you would like to introduce Twitter and Skype. But you can do that very easily in a NoSQL uh, system. You just add those properties in your class, in your, in your code, and it will be stored because you don't have any enforced schema on the data you store. Uh, but you also need to take into account that not all documents that claim they are a user document eventually have this property. So you would need to take some kind of action in the code to compensate for that. The, the schema less, I think that's um, um, we, uh, that's a, a big feature you can say in in the new document databases. Oh, we are we are schema less, but the schema is always there anyway. In, in instead in code, so is that yeah. better? Yeah, we just removed it from uh, the backend system to the front end system. If you like, if you say the client is the front end, yes. So as a developer, I still have schema and I still know, need to know the schema and so on. So. Yeah, so what's the benefit? Yeah, what's the benefit? <laughs> the benefit is that um, from an update perspective, if you, if you work with bigger systems or bigger clients, enterprise systems, it's normally uh, a bit difficult to introduce a new field in the database. So let's say that we have this user profile and... Um, now you would like to add Twitter handle to the user profile. That would require you to do a full update on all users in that that you have stored in the relational database. Um, also probably mean that you would take down the database system for maintenance and update it, and you would be offline while that would, would be done. So you would probably end up in some kind of situation where you would need to justify 
the need for this Twitter handle. In some cases, it's a good um, justification you can come up with. In other cases, it's just nice to have and, and will be postponed to some later update. So my experience is that all these updates are postponed to be done in one chunk and, and, and making it a bit more difficult to actually uh, be agile and upfront with the system. In a NoSQL database where we don't have any enforced rules on what kind of data we can store, you can freely do that upgrade um, as long as your code knows about this or can handle the changes in the user. And you don't have to take the system down. You can do this on the fly, online, whenever, wherever. So that way you get your freedom and your agility back. And that's a big benefit for many companies. If we should talk a bit about more about uh, to do queries uh, uh, towards a, a no S, uh, no SQL uh, or document or database, is this is any sh- before that? I really want to to ask you more about the fields. Uh, is it any sh- because in in a relation model, I know that we have many more field types, uh, data types than we have in a NoSQL uh, database. Usually in a NoSQL database, does that imply something that I need to change my mind around that? So the, the type of data fields. Yeah. Uh, well, in, in, in Couchbase, we have these simple data fields and we have uh, the JSON or the enriched one. Uh, and it's actually the, the differentiation about this is mainly just to save space. So if you have an index document uh, that you would... that which only purpose is to match a user ID with a Twitter handle, then it's much more efficient to have a data type called ID, which is not a JSON document, which needs no kind of parsing. It's just a string or an integer or something like that. very simple. Um, But every time you save complex data, you would use um, a JSON data type. And you could compare that to the blob storage in, in relational database systems. Okay, so you don't I, need... I, I was more thinking I, about, for example, the money data type, the, the date time data type. You know, we have so many data type in the relation uh, model, in the relation engine, so say. Yes, and mm-hmm. that's what I'm coming back to now. Because So, so what about all the, all the tedious ones? So doubles, uh, how you... With the punctuation and... and Time, date time is always a pain. So when you store a date time object, you would need to store it in some kind of transferable um, format. So something that would be understandable for all the clients that use it. JSON has some notions of how to save uh, um, both uh, doubles and date time objects. So depending on the serializer you're using, those data types are being serialized to something that is transferable and understandable on the client. So that is no, uh, not a big issue? You will That's not run into a big issue with <coughs> that? Um, it could be a big issue if you don't take that into account, yes. But you're not enforced. So in, in relational database, you were enforced to uh, live up to some kind of format when you came with your date-time object. And you would need to pre-format it. Um, that's not the same thing with uh, NoSQL 
or a document that you store. It's all handled by the, the in, in, in Couchbase server, it's handled by the JSON serializer. So the queries then, the queries are queried on fields and uh, could it be some kind of differences there? Both with the language, of course, because some databases now don't have a, a query language and some ha have a la query language and so on. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, so Couchbase Server in the next version, as I, I briefly said before, um, has this SQL for documents um, language, query language, which is very, very similar to SQL as you know it with relational databases. So the difference is that it's, it's not that strict about what kind of properties you have inside your, uh, your document. So in a relational database, you always know that a specific row has some specific columns that you can query, and you would know the data type of those column values. Um, with a document, it's not that easy, because we could store whatever inside whatever document, meaning that a language that should be able to query down to a document should, of course, know something about the document in advance. So in, in the Couchbase server um, case, a query is only allowed uh, or, or supported for JSON documents. So you have to store something in JSON. And when you store something in JSON, uh, it's flexible enough to understand if a property exists or not. So saying, give me all documents which contains uh, Twitter as a property. Um, then it would search through all the documents and find out if any or return to you all the documents which had an attribute named to Twitter with a specific value, for instance, or just in existence. And that, that's it's really easy because that's a, almost the same as a relationship when you search in, in one uh, table. But yeah. how about aggregates and so on? <laughs> yes. This is a rather hard or tough question for a new SQL Area document uh, databases, isn't it? Yeah, it's a performance or a, a resource-heavy task to find out. But, um, but SQL for Documents supports this uh, uh, search of uh, or combining inner joins and, and outer joins saying that I would like all users with the Twitter ID set to something and has 10 order lines. So return me all those orders. But then you have to count them yourself. Yes. So that, now we come to talk about indexes. So how, how would you do something like that? And SQL for Documents is, is able to use your own views for, um, for this index creation, or it can create its own index. But it would also, um, also be... Uh, stale data you, you could get. So potentially, because the index is running in the background, so let's say you have thousands of, hundreds of thousands of documents coming into the system every hour, um, then you could potentially end up having a search index that is behind. So you would have stale information, non-up-to-date information. And depending on your business case or rules, that could or could not be allowed in the system. So in the case that it's not allowed, you would say that I would rather wait for every index or every document to be indexed 
and then get the result back, then I would have a somewhat up-to-date uh, view of, of my query. Okay, but anyway, uh, the, the question I had, when do you have, for example, count star in, in, in your language? Yes. Okay. So, but again, the count would, would very much depend on how up-to-date uh, the index is. Yeah, it uses the index too. So if you say, if you have 100,000 orders coming in and you would say count all orders that are currently active, uh, you could potentially get stale data back. So saying not all documents have been indexed. Great. Martin, uh, we have already talked for 30 minutes and now we should soon uh, stop, but this is a really interesting topic. Do, do you have any best practices or from your experience, things that uh, is really easy to, to go the wrong way when you're a, a new beginner for in uh, this space? Yes, at least my experience is that when, when working with, with these document stores, it's very easy, as you also said, it's very easy to set up and, and, and just save whatever documents you have um, or data models that you have in your, in your code. It's also very easy to begin and compensate for decisions that you made previously or in the beginning of your design of your application, um, and and that could so so this so you actually introduce your own uh, impedance mismatch again, even though that you are in this NoSQL world. So so my advice is that if you have um, data models in your code that tends or that moves away from the original model that you save in the NoSQL data store, you probably are doing something um, not optimal or you could be going on a wrong path. It should be very easy for you to save uh, the models that you have or you need uh, or the views that you need in your code or in your application, save them back to the data store. You should not end up in the same situations um, as you did with relational uh, database systems where you would uh, pick up all kinds of, uh, of, uh, of documents and only use parts of them. So if, if you end up in a situation like that, my, my advice would be to revision the, the design and the model in your code. So, so how do you, uh, how do you uh, create the data models? Because in the relation model or in the old way, we, we started with the data model and the database was almost finished when you start writing uh, some business logic uh, uh, with it. But in, in, uh, when you do a document database, you start more with, uh, with the business cases and see what kind of data you need to store and so on. Yeah. Mm. And, and um, we don't have that much literature about it and we don't have that much experience, but we have, I think, what, 20, 30 years of, of relational database uh, knowledge um, and NoSQL databases are, are quite new in, the, in that sense. So in many cases, it's, um, it's, it's a bit, in, in, the, in the more exotic cases, it's a bit difficult to actually find a good solution uh, or recommendations. But again, as I, as I said, if, it's, if you have a model in your, if you have difficulties um, collecting your model to your client, so if you need to fetch uh, various parts and, and of, a doc, of, of smaller documents, uh, then perhaps you have something that you should look at. Um, Martin Fowler has a good book on NoSQL and also data modeling where he explains some of the uh, also both benefits but also some of the 
strategies that you can use to model your data. You mean the rather new book about uh, different kinds of new SQL databases? Uh, no, it's NoSQL uh, distilled. Or yeah, yeah, and that's a really great because they they uh, he is going through both uh, document databases and graph databases and exactly. Well. Yeah, yeah, that that's also, a really great book. Yeah, and also how you model it. But it, again, it's um, it's almost like when you started trying to do the domain-driven design, it was also hard to, to do really great uh, data models or yes. domain models. Yeah, I, I wouldn't introduce a new term, but yes, it's much like domain-driven design, aggregate routes. And if you think in that lane, um, many of the things I believe would come for free and, and make NoSQL a, an obvious choice for many of the things. I need to uh, reread my Evans book then. <laughs> <laughs> It, again, if for aggregate routes you have this this um, this aggregate boundary or the boundary of your, of your data, and if you can keep all your boundaries as documents, in most cases, um, then NoSQL is a, a very good fit. And if you take um, event-driven uh, methodologies into this again, creating views and so on is is very easy using NoSQL storage. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much, Martin Esman. It was really great to, to meet a former colleague. You are, have the same uh, role as I have now in, in Denmark. So it's really great to meet you. Yes. And um, yeah. And uh, good luck with, uh, with Couchbase and uh, what you. It's a very interesting topic, this uh, new SQL. In many, it's, a, it's, a, it's a rather in the beginning, I think, for, for especially for enterprise customers. So, but you are working with many enterprise customers for, for your database? Yes, mm. we have uh, very large customers, actually. But I, I think for, for, the, um, for the majority of enterprises, uh, relational databases have become the integration pattern. So you would just... Uh, one database, data uh, several applications. Exactly. So it's it's a bit difficult to actually just shift out all the relational database systems, and there is no need to do that. In many cases, relational database systems are are relevant still very much. It's just that we're trying to move away from fitting everything down to a relational database and say, okay, could we store data differently and more optimized in for this specific case? And I think the pattern of microservices, or I prefer to say SOA 2.0, will also <laughs> make it easier to switch databases. Yeah, and also uh, many of the database systems that we have today, we don't even know how they store data. It's only REST APIs or some kind of, of HTTP interface that we use. And in, in those cases, it's very easy to change the, the, the backend data store. Great, Martin. Thanks very much that you took your time to talk with me about new SQL data models. This was a really uh, very good presentation and I learned a lot. And I hope to see you sometimes maybe in the autumn in, in, uh, in Sweden. Yes, I know that the Couchbase is coming back in a few weeks um, to talk to you. Already here in, in the summer, maybe? Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much, Martin. Thank you. Enjoy. Bye.